0: hey everyone this is spencer uh, just wanted to apologize for some audio issues we were having this week it's still very listenable you just might notice some popping uh not quite up to our usual standards uh, we hope it doesn't detract from the episode where we discuss the cinematic masterpiece that is gangster squad uh so please sit back and enjoy
1: Hello, Huli! Like, can't speak today. <laughs> what character is that? Uh, it's a guy who can't say hi. Okay, that's a that's a cool character. I like him. Thanks. I'm workshopping him for UCP. Yeah. Uh, well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Style and Direction, the Sad Cast, as I affectionately call it. You know uh, that's
0: it's funny because we uh, we what's funny. You're right. <laughs> Speaking of movie episode, but when we were naming this podcast, we specifically thought of something that would be um, a cool it, like cool to be abbreviated later and so we were like let's go with sad but I don't think we've ever talked about that other than maybe like the email
1: probably and I think also the um, I think we also looked it up This might have been on Instagram Instagram live or something but uh, I think I looked it up and it's it was a like a depression podcast yeah. about like males and depression or something and it's actually kind of serious Never, never listen to it. Yeah, uh, big proponent of mental like, health, like obviously. When, it's
0: like when Tobias uh, uh, goes to the Blue Man group, but it's a group for depressed men. Yeah. I feel I'll like a fucking idiot.
1: <laughs> when uh, when you said that, I thought of, uh, I know you said Tobias, but in my head, I thought of Toby from The Office uh, for No Shave November saying, smile, I feel like men's prostates.
0: Now we're just naming our favorite bits from yeah. sitcoms.
1: Yeah. Little bits, a little Rick and Morty for you. Um, but this is the, this is a mentor podcast without the stuffiness. I don't know if I said the catchphrase the last well, time, if, but I'm saying it now. Well, if, yeah, if you, uh, you get, let you me just put my keyboard it. away real quick. Cause you know, I don't know if it's ever clear that I wrote the theme music. I don't know <laughs> if anyone knows that. Cause I, uh, early plug, I listened to hand cut radio by Alex Fetkovich and he always credits the theme song and I'm like, Oh, maybe so I, I should, should start credit, myself I, should credit every- myself. I did a great job. Pat on the back yeah p on the b um yeah anyway so today it's another movie episode we, we're yep. discussing more movie style movie menswear and this film <laughs> you know i there's a there's a there's a blog post about it so you guys can go uh pull it up on streetexpressa.wordpress.com if you want to follow along or if you want to supplement our 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 t- words with images um <laughs> You guys can go check that out. But as I wrote in the introduction, it is probably f- uh, 50% of my introduction to menswear is because of this movie. The other half is the Gatsby movie, which is another great discussion, which you guys can go see. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this, you can go on the episode list. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, go
0: scroll down in the in the podcast Until you see Great Gatsby. <laughs> and then click play and listen to it. There you go. We'll wait. Yeah. Are you guys finished? Okay, we're
1: back. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> we're we're so funny. We're so mm. funny. Um, but yeah, this movie is Gangster Squad, which also came out in 2013, I believe. Right? That's, that's what I wrote Yes, it. that's what yeah. you wrote. Yeah, so both, uh, so Gatsby came out in May, and I believe uh, mm-hmm. the uh, Gangster Squad, GS, came out in, I think, like September, or like, oh, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah,
0: it's technically a Christmas movie. It's like Die Hard or Iron Man
1: 3. (laughs) Yeah, it it counts. It counts. (laughs) Tell tell your friends and family. Um, But so if Gatsby kind of, you know, introduced me to the whole dandy, you know, elegant suiting, it was the Gangster Squad film that, you know, showed me the more everyday looks of vintage. And of course, the Gatsby's 20s, so obviously there is a historical precedent for it being Definitely more dandy than the mm-hmm. 40s and 50s were. There's more casual stuff. Suits were looser. Um,
0: the women were looser.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's, yeah, welcome back to the the men going their own way podcast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. I promise you.
0: <laughs> yep, we're actually trad caps. Also not that either. We're cucks. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, the opposite. <laughs> yeah.
1: But we could not do this episode discussion alone because... We decided, you know, it's such a, it's such a fun film and we'll get into it, but we have to bring in one of my best friends, my oldest friend, Mr. MJ Quintanar. Give him a round of applause.
2: Hello. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for the introduction. So
0: fun fact, he's also our editor. So you've, uh, you've heard him, but yeah, behind he's the actually,
2: seats. he's actually been
1: on before but he's never been on mic because i don't allow him to be on mic. He just <laughs> listens along. <laughs> yep.
2: <laughs> there was there no mic to even speak into at that point. Yeah, see.
1: There you go. Um but MJ, you know MJ's been one of my closest friends. Um he has um he's been developed his own personal style lately thanks to male fashion advice and mm, being friends with me. Um and he loves watching bad movies. We 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 both bond on being able to enjoy almost anything we watch. Isn't that right?
2: Yes, of course. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, (laughs) Ethan and I kind of... or even Spencer, we just... The three of us pretty much enjoy things, like, in our friend group, no matter if it's, like, supposed to be good or bad, so... (laughs) kind of have that together i mean i'd say that out of out of the three of us i'm the one that
0: least enjoys things (laughs) i guess (laughs) there's still there's still some things that i won't watch but i'm always down for like a a fun bad movie which for the most part this was yeah exactly i mean
1: We've, I've been wanting to talk about this movie for a long time. I've wanted to analyze the, the outfits because of how influential it was to me. And, and the, we unlike,
0: the, uh, unlike the Gatsby episode, I never saw this until maybe like a year or two ago. So yeah, <laughs> this has always just been like a kind of dumb movie for me.
1: And a couple of weeks ago, uh, MJ and Spencer were over and were like, you know what we're going to do right now
0: before we do this uh, escape room? Uh, we're gonna watch Gangster Squad, <laughs> and so we watched it, and that was the second time I'd watched it for this podcast. I was gonna watch it a third time, uh, but I forgot. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the details might be a little bit fuzzy. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so let's just go over the plot before we get over get into the uh, mm-hmm. into the costuming. Now, it takes place in 1949. It's based on a book called The Gangster Squad and by it's... Paul Lieberstein. Isn't that the Toby? I guess so i, I think okay. <laughs> we should we should really someone like MJ look this up right now um <laughs> uh, line line. and it's yeah. and it's
0: also based very very loosely on real events that happened but again it's yes not yes. really any of this ha- none of this happened
1: yeah so basically um in this movie universe in 1949 in the, the cinematic gangster, universe <laughs> yeah the mcu um mickey cohen uh controls the majority of la's underworld and there's a lot of crime, a lot of uh, corruption, um, and a couple of cops don't want to deal with that anymore because they co- They've come back from the war, from World War II. It's been you know what five, four years since the end of World War II, and they they're like you know what we fought the Nazis. We don't want we don't want no we don't want dictators in our streets. We don't want gangsters. <laughs> yeah, we don't want gangsters.
0: Yeah, what or the heck? Or as
1: as um as uh nick nolte's police chief parker says an eastern crook yep <laughs> we don't want none of that which i i,
0: I think is a little bit racist <laughs> well okay so there's like we had a discussion about whether or not so in the movie sean penn plays mickey cohen sean penn as i looked up is not jewish and mickey cohen was and the the they I gave, give him, him, they gave a him a gigantic fake nose <laughs> and yeah. we we're like
1: is this bad <laughs> yeah like and also like even with the nose he looks nothing like mickey cohen no like, he doesn't it they just put like
0: five pounds of prosthetics on his face yeah
1: like mickey cohen was kind of like a big guy you could compare him to like maybe like al capone maybe mm-hmm. a little bit shorter obviously yeah but like it just looks like sean penn <laughs> with the giant nose fake nose yeah they like they like, give him like give him like really thin eyebrows for some reason um mm-hmm. uh, but anyway um Sergeant O'Mara, played by Josh Brolin, Thanos is himself. Thanos himself. Thanos. Can we? Can,
0: is this episode going to have Endgame spoilers? Maybe we'll we'll preface yeah. it in the beginning with, oh, no. with
1: that <laughs> In there, um, but you know he's a you know he's a good cop. He's kind of a loose cannon because he in the beginning of the film he takes down one of Cohen's whorehouses after he sees a young woman get kidnapped uh, or at least misled. Maybe not. Yeah. Necessarily kidnapped
0: in, in a so this is it's kind of a fun scene because we we open up well the first thing we see in the movie I don't want us to forget this oh yes yeah the first thing we see in the movie we see (laughs) the Hollywood land sign and it's you know how it looked in 1949 then it like it pans down and it's Mickey Cohen and some other gangsters and he's like uh, I wish you the Chicago gangsters wouldn't show up here. And then they're like, "You're a coward, Mickey." And he's like, "What well, th- coward? You?
1: I I tried negotiating because I thought you were a man, but now it looks like you're,
0: you're nothing like that." And then he's like, "Look at these coyotes. They they know I'm up here, and they're gonna get some food." And then he rips him in half with two cars. <laughs> yeah, because he's, <laughs> he's the like- <laughs> the, uh, the Chicago
1: gangster is chained, you know. In Jay- his torso, and then this two cars going opposite directions. It's
0: it's like the Levi's logo. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: and wait, hold on! Don't forget that he does an impression of Bella Lugosi. Oh my no, gosh. Of, or Yeah, Bruce that's. Karloch. I think
0: that's his first line. He's like, "Oh, the the children of the night. What music they make!" And okay, and so
1: when they had that, when I was watching it, I thought that was gonna be his accent the whole time, <laughs> and then it cuts him going like. When I had you up here you were begging but now now you're not begging anymore and it's I'm like, like
0: oh now he's just a gangster now. It's like Princess Leia's English accent. She only has it for one scene. Well technically, <laughs> well technically it's a Coruscanti
1: accent because that's okay. what people from the Galactic Center would have to t- speak in. Just just so you know a little Star Wars lore for you. <laughs> okay, sounds you. Yeah, you're <laughs> welcome. Um but yeah, that kind of sets the tone for the movie. You know, it's 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 rated R and it reminds you it's rated yeah, R. Yeah, I forgot they say I forgot it was rated R.
0: Like when I watched it recently cause It it's didn't like, have to be. It didn't have to be, but yeah, I saw that and I figured they were going to cut away and maybe just show some blood splatter, but no you no, s- they, you see it.
1: <laughs> you see like a little bit of entrails before that it actually cuts away. Yeah. Um but yeah, so Josh Brolin saves a girl from being raped or s- drugged or whatever cuz she's going to be turned into a whore. You hopped up on, on Mexican dope. As, that uh, scene as, uh, that Mickey scene Cohen is also it.
0: fun because that one we cut straight from uh the the guy getting ripped in half to uh U- Union Station, right? Yeah. Union yeah, Station. Yeah, yeah. And there's and this this pretty girl that has a map right up to her face, <laughs> and then and then this sleazy guy comes up
1: who was also an agent Carter as a uh, Leviathan agent, um wearing I think almost the same thing as wearing like a pinstripe suit. He has a he is he's probably the best dressed person, but we'll I get mean his back.
0: suit looks like it's vintage. Yeah, and he goes like, did anyone ever ever did anyone ever tell you you look like Lauren Bacall? <laughs> Yeah and she's like oh thanks and he's like hey we're doing we're doing auditions right now you want to be an actress follow me and so she's like okay and so she follows him into a, a sleazy hotel
1: and then um, like as soon as they, she walks into the they like, put she, her, she,
0: they put yeah. her in like she walks in the room and it's just a bunch of other guys and it's like ah, oh, looks like meat's back on the menu or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they're like playing cards, like <laughs> yeah. And that Josh Brolin uh, sees this and he's going to stop it, but his his partner is like, "What? What are you crazy? That's one of Mickey Cohen's places. Nobody goes in there." And Josh <laughs> Brolin <laughs> he, he says, "My favorite this this guy that he says this to is never seen again." But he just says, oh, "Go get an ice cream cone." <laughs> yeah Uh, and then the guy and then presumably he does and he just knows that he he loves ice cream so much (laughs) that he quits his job yeah so josh
1: goes in basically he gets in the elevator (laughs) no no but before that he's he's
0: pretending that he's going in there to solicit a prostitute (laughs) yeah yeah and he gets in he gets in the elevator they see his handcuffs or his badge or something and realize he's a cop and so there's like a fight sequence in the elevator. Also, it's not okay, good, actually. it's not a bad fight sequence. But all the fight sequences in this movie, this was like around the time that I think this is like, when did Hunger Games come out? Because this is in the cinematic period where every fight scene was like really blurry and shaky. I mean, that's been a thing since like
1: the Bourne thing, though. Okay, to be honest. but
0: yeah, but MJ um, would know. MJ loves watching
2: those films. <laughs> What? But the. <laughs> a what film? The Bourne movies. The
0: Bourne movies and. <laughs> oh. Taken but and everything. Yeah. Definitely the highlight of this sequence is when Josh Brolin sticks a guy's hand out of the elevator and <laughs> it, it gets cut clean off like a hot knife through butter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, it kind of sets the tone for, you know, the. Well, actually, it plays with the tone. Because you literally feel like I get
0: cut in half, like, two minutes ago. And then you see Josh Brolin only cut a hand off, so you're like, oh, he's not as bad. (laughs) Yeah. So he goes and rescues the girl. Yeah, who was Um, hidden in a Murphy bed, like they just threw her up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: um and then eventually i mean he gets in trouble because he goes in without a warrant and mickey's lawyers you know they're everywhere presumably and the chief
0: is on the payroll and also like he almost beat these guys like to death and you know i understand in this context maybe it was okay but i don't think cops should have the power to do that that might be a controversial opinion <laughs> but i don't think they should be able to do that
1: <laughs> it, well they weren't gonna kill him that's true but i'm just i'm just saying okay you know this is also a movie i mean james bond has a license to kill too so yeah yeah anyway um so that's when we kind of meet john sergeant john o'mara you know he's in, he's a he was in the army uh he, but he obviously does you know he doesn't like dealing with gangsters he thinks that they're you know they shouldn't be in la you but the problem meet, is
0: you know gangsters yeah. own the cops so he's yeah. like kind of alone
1: yeah, so Mickey's uh, Cohen's men go free, and Mickey, in exchange, uh, kills them because yep. he doesn't tolerate failure, kind of like a Darth Vader type situation.
0: <laughs> yeah, so this is a fun thing that Mickey Cohen does like three or four times in this movie, where he'll like talk to some goons that like failed him, and they'll be like, "I'm sorry, Mr. Cohen, it won't happen again." He's like, "Don't worry, everybody makes mistakes," and he acts like everything's okay, and then immediately kills them so yeah. this time he well, burns. he also
1: has a really good he also has a really good line in this one like he's like cohen's like mickey uh mickey i swear to god and he goes you're you're talking you're talking to god you might as well swear to me right now yeah. and i'm like oh okay um, and then he goes like oh i'm sure that it sure won't happen again kid don't worry about it i know it won't and then he burns them he, he says, burns he down says,
0: the building he's like he's, for the insurance money yeah for the insurance money um <laughs> It's, they they get locked in the elevator where their friend lost his
2: hand. No. I swear to God. You're talking to God, Mitch. So you might as well swear to me. I swear to you, sir. If it happened for that cop, this would have never happened. You think I'm sorry about that cop? Hell no.
3: It's a square Joe, the guy. Rescues a damsel in distress. His goddamn hero is what he is. They should put a medal on him. We're gonna have to find a whole new place, start over again. It's like they say, all good things must one day be
2: burnt to the ground for the insurance money.
3: Mr. <laughs> okay. Colin, thank you so much. I, I, I swear it won't ever happen again.
2: I know it won't, kid.
3: Carl,
1: <laughs> yeah, presumably yeah. those bodies are also there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh but yeah, so that's that. That's what happens. You also get to meet um, Ryan Gosling's character. So, I was gonna say Sebastian, but that's not his name. His name is Jerry Wooter. No, it's
0: Sebastian's dad
1: <laughs> <laughs> or grandpa. I yeah, don't know. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, but Sebastian's kind of like he's he's not necessarily a bad guy, but he's <laughs> like apathetic about it yeah uh, you know he's uh if we get into his style later he's very he's much more casual compared to the rest of the other guys
0: when he's at work when he's all, when he's out on the town though
1: yeah uh so yeah then, you meet him um this is this
0: is yeah so well we meet him right in the office and he's talking to uh he's talking to omer secretary, and he's like or yeah yeah he's like you get yourself killed over here if you keep going after these gangsters why are you going after them and he, and omer That's is a I got it. I got to do it. <laughs> this is, yeah. this is the point where the movie, so it's like, we'll get, get into our problems yeah. later, but this is the point where the movie kind of takes a dip because the first couple scenes, like the first 20 minutes are action packed and a lot of fun. And from this point up until maybe the last, like, uh, I don't know, half hour, things get pretty slow.
1: Yeah. Cause now, so it cuts to, <clears throat> you know, Josh Brolin goes home his wife is like, "Oh, I can't believe you keep going out there and taking people down." And, you <laughs> beating know, up to, gangsters and yeah, he's we 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 want to. I'm pregnant. She's like very pregnant. You yeah, know? she's yeah. like on the cusp of nine months here, and she's all like, "Yeah, you know, I'm su- you're supposed to come back from the war and just you know live your life." You know,
0: it's like, but she's like, "You can't stop fighting," and he's like, "I'm fighting for us. I I want." I- <laughs>
1: it's a little bit of like Iron Man, you know, R. P. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Man. There, there's your end game spoiler. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, she yeah. also tries has a weird way of of working in that he's really good at fucking
0: oh yeah it's a great scene because <laughs> so he comes home he's covered in like bruises and stitches.
1: he takes and, a bath and she's like nursing his wounds and everything
0: and she's like you're all i could ask for you're like so good at sex
1: <laughs> yeah well yeah her she goes like uh like i don't need a new dress every day i married an honest cop you're a good man you're a you're a demon in the sack and <laughs> yeah. i'm like what <laughs>
0: which is which is good because i'll only watch movies where it's confirmed that the main characters are good at fucking <laughs> or at least better than us right yeah exactly
1: uh at, so at this point it cuts to the evening um you you see jerry on a night at a night of the town so this is the same day he was wearing a sport shirt earlier and we'll get into the style you know later on but he cut he's wearing he a presumably changed into suit. a suit yeah,
0: he changed he changed when he got home into a three-piece double suit with a carnation on his lapel.
1: And a matching fedora. Like, the fedora is the same shade, like, as his suit. Yeah. Uh, but he goes into Slapsy Maxies, which turns out is a real <laughs> it's place. It's a real place. <laughs> yeah. And so earlier when you meet him, he's like, oh, yeah, I lost I lost Jack Whalen. He, he slipped his cuffs. And then he meets for dinner. It's Jack Whalen, who yeah. works for Dragna, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And they're like, oh, hey, what's up, dude? Like... <laughs> How have you been? But presumably they have met before, you know, earlier that day or something. Because <laughs> he's like, hey, "You're a peach." And uh, oh, oh yeah, talk the, peri- about-
0: the like the kind of period slang. I don't. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's kind of silly in this movie, but this scene has some of the best examples of it.
1: Yeah, he goes. Um, yeah, he calls him a peach, and he goes, uh, "Take,
0: take a pew." <laughs> and then yeah. Okay, like, oh, so my okay. other favorite thing about this movie is how ryan gosling like isn't playing along with the thing that everyone like everyone's doing like everyone's the fast like, yeah. talking you detective get, like Mickey cohen like it's
1: like it's no problem they got the you gotta keep the girls hopped up on mexican dope but and like then, ryan gosling
0: is just going at his he's just doing his normal yeah, okay. thing yeah yeah so he's like he seems really okay. out of place in, <laughs> in a great way <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's just playing himself.
1: Yeah. Um but then that's when you realize that he's not good at fucking because he hasn't been sophisticated in weeks and I don't <laughs> believe it because it's fucking Ryan Gosling. Yep. <laughs> um and then he's he um uh, Jack Whalen says, Oh look Mickey Cohen's over there with his whole like, you know, Knights of the Round Table but evil kind of thing and that's when you learn like you see the uh he, like the, the chief of the police at Burbank, the yeah. high sheriff of Los Angeles County, you see the uh the the judge carter that tends to sign off on whatever he's doing
0: you see the jazz hand, the 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 commissioner who's turning into a real jazz
1: hand <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um you also see Revick, uh the killer who is a party city gangster which we'll talk about later on <laughs> and then that's when he makes eye contact with um the with tomato Stone. yeah the tomato who's a tomato yep and that's uh that's Gracie May Gro- no not Gracie May Gracie something Gracie Faraday Gracie Faraday and that's uh Cohen's new etiquette teacher and you get a great line where um you know she's obviously teaching him I mean he's fucking her but he's she's also teaching him how to like act in like social situations or whatever and he gets the food and he says like roast peacock i knew the romans had class (laughs) it's such a great like it's non-sequitur and then she says it's the other fork darling because he picks up the salad fork or something
0: and that's where the the i i haven't been sophisticated in weeks thing comes in where she where it's like he's like who's the tomato and he's like oh that's that's cohen's etiquette teacher she's teaching him how to be sophisticated yeah. And then he's like, "I haven't fucked in weeks." <laughs> but
1: yeah, but they make eye contact, and then she says, "I'm gonna go bend my." No, that's <laughs> later on. But she goes <laughs> to have like a cigarette and get a drink, and he, um Sebastian. Damn it, no, Jerry Wooters uh, puts the charms on her. <laughs> yeah. And
0: yeah. He tells her that he's a Bible salesman. I can't tell if she's if that's his actual cover or if that's. I don't a think. Line. I think that's just a line because. Well, they. Well, okay, how does that scene go? I remember there being some other weird dialogue where it's like, I'm
1: a... I am bet you have a ducky war story behind that lighter.
0: Oh, yeah, there's some more, there's some, some more fun. period slang kind of stuff. And then she's, anyway, yeah, then she, then she says, would you like to make an honest woman out of me? And he says, No, ma'am, I'd nope. just like to take you to bed.
3: I'm Jerry.
2: Say, Jerry, I bet you got a ducky war story behind that lighter.
3: Yeah, sure, I got stories. Hey Matt, can I get a dirty shirt? I got shot down once over the Pacific. I spent the night hanging onto the wing of the plane, and I had sharks bumping my legs in the dark. Are you weak in the knees yet?
2: Sure, I am. Let's see, you're not quite big enough to be a Shylock. I give up. What's your racket, handsome?
3: Mostly I just like to play games.
2: I bet. What kind of games?
3: I like to play post office. Post office? It's a kid's game. Not the way I play it. But my racket is, uh, I'm a Bible salesman. You want to take me away from all this and make an honest woman out of me? No, ma'am. I was just hoping to take you to bed.
1: (laughs) And, you know, that wouldn't work unless you look like Ryan Gosling. And it
3: does
0: work. Yeah. Because I don't. Did did she tell Mickey Cohen? It's like, hey, I got to I got to go. Like, what? I know.
1: I don't understand how they have that. Because throughout the movie, they have this small affair. She just, I guess. Yeah. And
0: it's weird because, like, Cohen doesn't
1: care until later on in the film when he realizes, like, something's going on. Or maybe he's, like, he's tolerating it until he's finally, like, hey, you know what happens when people take things that aren't mine? I kill them. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Because it's like, it cuts straight from him saying, I want to take you to bed to, to them, them wake-
1: waking up in that bed. Yeah. Um. So anyway, if we're going to, you know, if we want to talk about the uh, fashion, we should cut this part shorter. So uh, Josh Brolin's hero antics gets uh, noticed by the chief of police or the, the high, like the commissioner, whatever, uh, chief Parker played by Nick Nolte. And um, he goes like, Hey, I know the cops won't do anything officially. I know there's a lot of corrupt people, but we'll fight them guerrilla style because you were in the war. And, you know, that's what we need. And you can, you know, make up your own, make up your own unit. And and you're
0: going to be some kind of gangster squad.
1: Yeah. And I just want to say again here. I mean, I guess it's period accurate because Chief Parker is kind of racist. He goes like, like my my ancestors fought savage Indians and Mexicans to take this land, you know, take California. And I'm not gonna lose it to some Eastern crook. And I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like, we're supposed to like the cops, (laughs) but
0: but this is not good. Nope. Yeah. So anyway, so he tells him it's like we're gonna do this thing. It's kind of illegal. Um. So, you guys are not gonna get any credit for it. Like, but it's the only way that we can take down the gangsters. And we don't. And he tells him it's like, don't just kill Mickey Cohen, destroy his entire operation, so no one can like take it over or something like that
1: yeah yeah um so the first person he approaches is is jerry wooders and this is a great scene because <laughs> they they see they they, they meet up at a, at a burlesque club strip club whatever and it's like an older woman stripping
2: <laughs> and again it's probably during the day yeah it's, it's during the day <laughs> in the and morning it's the day shift and he's and drinking jerry Wooters like a tiki is drink. there. yeah
1: and he's there um and, you know and it's still weird because this is after he fucked Emma Stone, but I'm, he's he feels the need to go to a strip club <laughs> in the daytime. I, I get, you know,
0: I don't know what is what his life is he, like. You know,
1: here's a great line. So he, again, uh, Wooters refuses because he doesn't want to get caught up in this. He, he just says wants to live his he
0: life. says like some like the city's the city's flooding, and you're grabbing a bucket when you should be grabbing a life raft. So he's like kind a bathing suit, going with the flow.
1: Yeah, and then so like uh, Brolin goes like, you know what? Fine, drink up, and like leaves and Wooters has the best line where he goes okay only because it sound like an order yep. and proceeds to drink and I love that line so much
3: I'm putting a squad together I need an Indian guy who knows the territory oh who's the lucky winner this time mm. <laughs> well good luck that's all you got Sarge the whole town's under water you're grabbing a bucket when you should grab a bathing suit, you know? Come on, Jerry, what the hell happened to you? Hey, same thing that happened to you, pal. But the war's over, and we don't have to fight anymore. You're not gonna change anything around here, Sarge. You're just gonna wake up one morning walking on the wrong side of the grass. For what? you can't answer that question, take off the badge. okay but only
0: because it sounded like an order oh and so he i think he goes home and like consults with his wife or something like that this this is another great scene where she gets really mad when she he finds out that he when she finds out that he's gonna be taking down mickey cohen so she goes in the kitchen and just smashes a dish and then they yeah. have like I it's guess, a pretty dramatic scene, and then it's, it cuts it's to like the very day. Oscar real where she's like, Mickey Cohen can have this city, he can have the state, he can have the whole country, but he can't have you. And there's like
1: there's like the, the documentary like shaky cam thing going on. Yeah,
0: um, and, then, <laughs> and then the next day she's fine. Yeah, the next scene she's fine, and she's like, no, don't go for the like the the the, the like the best cops because,
1: because that's who Cohen would pay first. Yeah, to pay you off.
0: gotta go for the shitty cops. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And so he he was like, I got to find bums like me.
0: So he recruits um, Anthony uh, Mackie first, right? Yeah. Anthony Mackie, who it's a fantastic scene. He's like at like a club. Like he's it's like a a jazz jazz club. Yeah. And so there's this guy. There's this like drug dealer, I think, in a zoot suit. So that like, and he just like sticks his hand out, and then a knife flies right through it and <laughs> pins him to the wall.
1: And then it's and then it's uh, it's Coleman Harris that that
0: is a uh, uh, Anthony Mackie's character
1: character and he's he's in full uniform he's in full
0: uniform and josh brolin just comes up to it's like i like your style kid so it's like
1: i don't know if josh josh roland or sergeant O'Mara knew it was gonna happen but he like because he comes from off screen like he (laughs) He wasn't watching he's like after after anthony Mackey, you know throws a knife into the guy's hand he goes like hey hey man best don't wiggle it just pull it straight out that's why you get for, for dealing heroin and then as he finishes that line from stage left, <laughs> no, Sergeant no, O'Meara walks in and goes, "Hey, can I buy you a drink, uh, uh, officer?" i like, "I want
0: you to be on the gangster squad." <laughs> yeah, I just like to uh, think he was just waiting there all night for something to happen. Yeah, um, it doesn't even show him like co- going into that club. It just, no, it, it just shows the club and the the hand, the and yeah. knife, and his knife skills are not put to good use. I think he only uses a ni- knife twice. One, yeah, one or one or two other times.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so after that, he goes to meet with Max Kennard, played by Robert Patrick, from uh, uh, one
0: of my favorite characters in the film. He's from Terminator Two.
1: Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he's like the cowboy cop. Um, yeah. Like, he's but, okay. So okay, we'll talk about style later. But he's de- de- definitely dressed as like a cowboy in like the forties. Yeah. He
0: like and wears not, a duster and Not as in a, a cowboy.
1: Yeah. Not uh, not a cowboy from the forties. I'm talking about if. You had to put the two together. So he wears like a super wide brimmed Western fedora with like a Mac overcoat at all times, yep. um, which or, looks like a duster. Or sometimes
0: just just a vest.
1: Yeah. He's the only character wearing a waistcoat and, you know, instead of wearing like a suit jacket. So it looks like he's a cowboy wearing a waistcoat, you know, a tie. He and has then like, like the, a whole, low the, slump. the
0: belt holster or whatever. Yeah. Um, instead of
1: like the, the detective, you know chest strap
0: thing yeah um so his wife suggests that guy because she's like she sees him in like a detective magazine and And
1: he's he shot more cops than anyone else in the last (laughs) decade or something (laughs) shot
0: more cops or he shot more (laughs) criminals than all the cops in
1: the whole decade or something like that
0: yeah and so she's like this guy's gonna be good in a gunfight you gotta get him and so he gets kind of a two-for-one deal because he also yeah he also gets uh, uh michael pena uh, who is his, like, kind of like s- his ward. Yeah. Yeah. His sidekick, I guess. It's kind
1: of a nice moment because, uh, when Navidad goes to get them a drink, he goes like, I work with him cause I know no other cops will work with a Mexican. So I'm like, yeah. Oh wow. That's pretty nice. Um, but then it, it, it implies that they know each other. But then he, when he goes Christmas Ramirez, you can't say that. And it's like, but that's his name. Like <laughs> it acts like as if you just learned that for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh,
0: I think up next is um, uh giovanni
1: Rubisi's character yep. coleman uh not coleman uh uh con Keeler conwell conwell, conwell? keeler yeah yeah he 's the uh the nerd <laughs> the nerd guy
0: yeah, what did they say he was like a cop but he was he was like, too he's into an intelligence tech, like tech stuff and yeah they I fired. think he was an
1: intelligence officer and i think he uh um he was fired or he was demoted for wanting to like unlawful tapping or something like that Hmm. So something that, that fits in with this character, um, he's dressed always... Oh, well, when you see him at home, he's always wearing, like, a sports shirt. Um, he has, like, cool, like, tortoise shell frames. Yeah. Um, and I, think, so, I
0: think, yeah, the, so the scene we see him in, they're, like, watching, like... Uh, a well, hold
1: on. B- before before that, when he when they say his name, they cut to him, right? And he goes, can I help you with something, fella? You know, like, you know, yeah, some more very, cool 40s, 40s, very, thing.
0: very period dialogue. But he's yeah. I think he's wearing I can't it could just be the photos, but it looks like he's wearing like a casual suit, but not like, yeah, I it's don't like know a if walking it's a suit. suit. Yeah, because he's wearing it, he's wearing a gab short jacket, but, but the it, pants c- look like they match yeah so i mean those did exist but yeah
1: like a work suit kind of thing
0: so i think i think he's wearing that but yeah most of the time he's like very, very 40s 50s casual wear
1: yeah and then so they you know they're uh because they say his name in the daytime and it's nighttime
0: after that i'm guessing they talked they talked <laughs> for a, for a really hours. long time because yeah, it's, cause they it's go nighttime see the, and they're watching like a a, a rocket like
1: a 2 like yeah a v2 rock or v whatever testing in like santa clarita or something like that yeah looking at it and then looking at it you know everyone's outside and then con killer goes this this is what we fought for isn't it and then and then after like maybe like two beats <laughs> josh roland goes
0: damn right <laughs> <laughs> he just said he's just taken by the beauty of this spaceship yeah um is that so all the squad
1: yeah that's that's all the gangster squads um so right after that um they decide to do, you know, their, um, they Oop. decide to hit this casino in Burbank. And then simultaneously, this is where it gets kind of weird because, um, after that, Mickey Cohen meets with Jack Dragna, who I guess is the other, you know, I guess he's the Italian part of the Los Angeles mob played oh, by boy. the late Jack, uh, late John Polito. Oh, R.I.P. King. Yeah. And so this is one of my favorite scenes. So he's all like... Mickey, I heard that you killed one of Chicago's guys. You know, he was just over here to meet with you. Like, what's that? And Mickey's like, I did it because I'm progress. You see, I heard about this thing called Manifest Destiny. And it's when that's when you take something when you can. And... Like, Dragna's, like, kind of getting, l- like, a little bit like, okay, this kid is, you know, he's... This kid's getting, scary. Yeah, he's like, I've seen a lot of guys like you who want to shoot their way to the top of the class, but if you, you know, if you don't watch yourself, you're going to find yourself with your best parts stuffed in your mouth. And then Mickey Cohen, like, explodes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so he's he like, like... He, like, spills a drink or something like that. He's like, this is the wild fucking West, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he... And then he... he's And then he leaves, and that's it. I've outgrown you. Listen to me. I might be getting old. I might be getting slow. But I got friends in Chicago that are nigh. This is in
3: Chicago. This is the wild fucking west. And I've been reading about it. You heard of Manifest Destiny? That's when you take what you can, when you can. The Greases took it from the Redskins, and we took it from them. And I'm going to take it all from you, Jack, and not just because I can. Because this is my destiny. Los Angeles
0: is my fucking destiny, you motherfucker. Um, that's the end of the dinner. But yeah. the uh, the Burbank hit goes bad because they find some cops in the casino. The right. the gangs two of the ga- member members of the gangster squad, Josh Brolin and Anthony Mackey, are arrested and, and sent and,
1: to the Burbank uh, police station, which is corrupt because he b- was because
0: the-, the the southern the very southern like. Oh brother, where art thou? Yeah, he's.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I put this in the blog post. He's wearing like a Panama hat, yeah, and, like a bow tie and suspenders, kind of like a larger guy, and he kind of talks like, oh, he's
0: like uh, the plantation ain't kind of green greenbacks.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> and he calls he calls Anthony American like what's up buana and i'm like damn that's some racist stuff right there.
0: yeah but they they get arrested anthony mackie has a great line where he just says like i always knew i would die in burbank <laughs> and i don't understand what that means um nope. the, then the rest of the gangster squad come to break them out uh okay so because the burbank pd thinks that they are other gangsters
1: you know, no! 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 So let's 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 backtrack. So the other gangster, wa- the, the other parts of the gangster squad are going to try and break them out yeah. using a car. They hook it up to a jail, the jail great thing, and there's a very funny scene where they hook it up to the car, and then the car bumper comes off and it goes. <laughs> well, that didn't work. <laughs> yep. Um, As you can tell, this movie kind of goes back and forth in terms of its drama and comedy ratio. Yeah, because at so this point, at this, this point, is, yeah, J- I was this is p-
0: when Jerry gets involved, right? Yeah.
1: So this is why I'm saying the timeline gets kind of weird because in that same moment. Uh, uh, Jerry's on the street drunk and he's getting a shoe shine by this kid. And Who at that been, same been moment. Who
0: introduced to before, once before.
1: Yeah. uh Pete. The shoeshine kid. Yeah, Pete. Or repeat, as he calls him. Yep. Um, at, yeah, so at that same moment, Dragna's, like, going home. And Mickey, after his big, ex- you know, big dinner explosion, puts a hit out on Dragna. And so... A dragon narrowly escapes, but in the shootout, Pete dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kid gets shot, and so Jerry like switches, like "Oh shit!" And then so he goes, he goes to no, s- well, before that, so he he um he's able to kill one of the cops. You know, one, uh, one of the, of the one, sorry, one of the gangsters who gangsters. gets left behind. Just point Blake in the face yeah, with a g- shotgun. Yeah, he shoots it. Yeah, he shoots the, the cop uh, with, with a pistol. So he falls off the car, and the you know the car leaves, and then he goes up to him. And he, then he picks up the gangster's shotgun and he goes, and the gangster's like, hold on, you can't kill me, you're a cop. And he goes, not not tonight, and then shoots him in the face with a shotgun. Yeah. And there should be way more blood. Yep. But, you know, there isn't.
0: So then he so goes he to like, goes, s- yeah, Slapsy he goes, Yeah. And, and he's going to kill uh, Mickey, Mickey Cohen, Cohen right, like right there, there who's
1: dancing. And right before he does it... Jack Whalen comes in and like slaps him and like, dude, get a hold of your going Because they're on. at
0: Slapsy Maxie's, so
1: yeah, that's where they always hang out. And um, it's weird because Whalen works for for Dragna, but I guess he's a good because he's not yep. in any danger. Uh-huh. Um, and he uh, Whalen tells him like, you know, you gotta watch yourself because they uh, they think it was Dragna, but because um, someone just hit uh, Cohen's place in Burbank, and that's when he puts it together. Like, oh shit, it's the Ganger Squad. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so
0: he goes over there pretending to be a gangster, and I think his disguise is like he puts on a coat yeah,
1: um, well, he puts on his coat because again, it's he wears all the same colors. It's like the same blue as his suit and his yeah. fedora. So he like he, you know, he props his collar, puts his fedora on real low,
0: and he goes and he's like, "Hey, I'm here to pick up a couple of gangsters." Like, I no,
1: he no, he says it. He talks like a gangster. He goes like, "Why don't you get off your fucking ass and give me my prisoners? Because yeah. only bad guys cuss that much." Uh huh. And, and so s- while while Jerry goes over to, um, you know. Incognito as this gangster to rescue uh, Anthony Mackie and Josh Brolin, Cohen's real guys come in, and
0: it's another fun reaction from the
1: cop. From the cop, and he goes he, like, "Can I help you guys?" And he goes, "Yeah, we're here to pick some garbage, and two the guy, bags." Like, oh shit! <laughs> and then he runs in as they're unlocking the door. He goes, "Hold on, that guy's bullshit!" And then they just start shooting him. Yeah, exactly, and it's kind of a cool thing because it's like in the dark. Yeah, because uh, but uh, it freezes every time that there's Keeler, a, a Keeler shuts,
0: flash. shuts off the lights. Yeah, because that's he's that was and the al- backup almost plan. every
1: op. Yeah, and almost every op Keeler is on the roof, cutting Turning some off wires. Yep. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so that's when Jerry officially joins the gangster squad because they 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 get to escape. Um, uh, oh, but before that, so while. Um, I don't know why I didn't talk about this before uh, every time Cohen orders a hit on somebody he tends to have a big speech about his life and yeah. it conveniently ends right when something <laughs> happens so as the guys are drawing the guns on on Dragna and by extension Pete the shoeshine boy he talks about how like oh in New York I felt like a rat in the maze but in Los Angeles there's breathing room and they shoot as soon as he sco- as soon as he says I love Los Angeles I love it I love Los Angeles. And then yep. that's when the gunshot happens, and I, <laughs> I love that line so much. Yeah. Um. So, so
0: Jerry's now part of the gangster squad. He's a yeah. Gangster they start squaddie. training.
1: They have like a small thing where like they're shooting, you know, like mannequins dressed as gangsters. Yeah. Um. And then Con. Shooting cans. Yeah. Shooting <laughs> cans. Um. Con Keeler says like, hey, you know, after what happened with that kid and how sloppy we were, I don't think we should. Just you know, strong arm ourselves. I think we should be smart. So they decide to go and bug, Cohen's house. Uh huh. Which is,
0: it's it's there is a bugging scene in uh, the Sopranos that's really really good, and that was like an entire episode. But in this, it was so boring in this movie because it was just like, they just ran in. Yeah. uh, It lasted like five minutes, and they just put a bug behind a TV. The
1: the fun part is that uh, you get to see Wooters wear a. Peacoat, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, very nice. And then also they, they still have to use walkie-talkies. And because it's 1949, they have like the giant ones that are based with like a briefcase. Yep. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of a fun a fun thing and there. Then,
0: and then he just makes out with Emma Stone a little bit before.
1: <laughs> yeah, because he runs into her while she's there. Because um, when they get home, uh, Mickey's maid says, ice cream Sunday? <laughs> or, or dessert? Mr. Cohen, and goes, ice cream sundae, my favorite.
0: Everyone loves ice cream in this movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. Right, creamistry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so they uh, they bug him. They find out that he's doing something called Eldorado Trust, which I still am not sure I understand. Basically, it's like a wiring service. So, any gambling money from here to Chicago or here up the West Coast has to go through Cohen. So, by extension, he touches d- it and owns it. And yeah. so. And uh, he has a bunch of other books, and so they, there's a big, there's a big uh, um, uh, montage where they take down a couple of his other books, but they don't know where exactly uh, this El Dorado Trust, the headquarters, is. But
0: it's it's funny because as the, uh, there's another bad movie podcast that covered this, uh, the Flop House, and as they point out, they act like the El Dorado Trust is like a doomsday device, because they're like. They're like, if he gets this up and running, he's going to be untouchable. Like, we can't do anything. But I think it's, like, running. Like, it, it's not like they're setting it up in the movie. It's, like, already running. But there's, like, time, an arbitrary time limit where at a certain point, he'll get rich enough that they can't stop him, I guess.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's weird. Um, and so because uh, Con Keeler saw him make out with... Uh uh, uh Grace Emma Faraday, yeah. Amy, yeah, Emma Stone. Um, they're like, Hey, you gotta push her to find out where El Dorado Trust is. Otherwise, you know like what's the point? or something like that. And he's like, You guys don't know anything about her, she's a good person. They have a really dramatic scene where he's getting fed up with her going back to Cohen and I'm like, I don't know what you expected, dude <laughs> but Yeah. You know Um So they end up shutting down El Dorado Trust finally. Because uh, I think she finally tells them where they are, or something. I forgot. No, exactly. isn't
0: that isn't that where they they bug it? Uh, no, they they set up something where it's like they can figure out how far away it is, and they use that with. Oh yeah, they ping, they ping it, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but they have the like line. a list of his known like businesses, and they figure it out is. which one yeah. it is. So they yeah. figure out it's Slappy Slapsy Maxie's. So they go in dress as band members to get to the backstage <laughs> which area. Another great part where because they go they go downstairs and the security guards like hey, who are you guys? And he's like, we're in the fucking band. And then they just punch him <laughs> in the face. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and then Con Keeler's on the roof again, turning out the lights and turning off the alarm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go in, they burn off, they burn all the money there. They destroy yeah, they, everything. Yeah, they make
0: sure not to take any money because they're cops. They're cops. So, th- But they, that's what that's what tips uh, Cohen off Cohen to off. the fact that they're not gangsters because they're not taking anything. Yeah. So, and so yeah, so he he's he blows up. He's like, there "We're the cops!" And I think he figures out that, that his house is being bugged. And so they tear up the house to find it.
1: As he's tearing this out, uh, Grace goes and hides on her own now because she's scared for her life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they find out it's being bugged. And so Mickey Cohen fakes uh, fakes talking that he's going to have like one last heroin shipment. Also, they oh had, they, yeah,
0: we forgot about the heroin. <laughs> yeah the, the uh, earlier chase. they had a car chase
1: hot potato with a grenade um, it was
0: it's it's a good car chase it's really fun but the, yeah they they throw a bunch it's in of grenades. burbank
1: oh yeah there's another joke how they have to go back to burbank because it's at burbank airport or
0: something. yeah they destroy they destroy two cars they shoot two gangsters in the leg and push them off a cliff
1: yeah um so anyway uh they make it sound like this is his last hope to stay in business um, it's obviously a trap. It's in Chinatown. Con Keeler is like, oh, uh, I don't want to do it because there's civilians or something like that. Oh yeah, he like,
0: says it's like I don't, I don't know what the difference is between us and the gangsters anymore. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like about they're about? murderers and like you have uh, well, actually, they do have a kill count in this movie. But um, at this point, have they killed? Yes, they did. They blew up a car. They, they blew up a car. They've killed people. But
1: well, they yeah, they don't they don't like other than that like self defense stuff or like yeah pushing a grenade back into that thing um yeah. it's uh they don't really like they kind of like knock people out or shoot them in the leg or something um mm-hmm. so they have a uh because concealer is listening um
0: yeah they, does, they, they leave Toen them figures back out, at yeah, their at their the place where they bug everything post,
1: yeah um, and they f- and so Cohen kind of figures out like oh it's it's a sh- shortwave radio so obviously the bug has to be, the listening post has to be somewhere close here so uh, Con Keeler gets choked to death kind of yeah poorly. while
0: Mickey Cohen is telling a story about like how a dirty cop or something like that stole stole
1: his like lockbox of cash or whatever uh-huh. I
0: ran from Boyle Heights
1: all the way to wherever.
3: Every block, I must have fought five, six kids for that box. But I wouldn't let it go. I wouldn't let anybody take it away from me. But you
4: know who finally got that box? A cop. A dirty cop.
0: An eavesdropping fucking cop. (laughs) (laughs) That
3: bugs and ftps work limited range though
0: uh, and then there's a cool thing to illustrate how tough the guy killing Keeler is is his coat catches on fire and he leaves it on until Keeler's, until Keeler's, dead. Keeler's
1: dead and he just takes it off and he <laughs> like he like he like uh, just kind of puts out the fire and puts it back on and leaves uh-huh. um and so obviously this is a trap, and then at chinatown um they blow up a truck they blow, yeah the truck that they think is full of heroin is actually filled with gasoline and it blows up yeah, killing and some Muters, civilians Mooters
0: figures out so, something and runs to go stop Jerry no um, he's
1: Jerry he runs to go stop Josh Brolin from getting too close and so none of the cops oh, well, die yeah. um, uh, the guy who's carrying out the hit is the uh, <laughs> is the is Revic their hitman who you only see in like two scenes this one and like an earlier scene uh, he gets to dual wield Tommy guns.
0: <laughs> oh, it's awesome! It's so cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, but he doesn't die. Um, they do. They do shoot a couple of gangsters, and they get away. And then they also Cohen also puts a hit out on on. Um, Omera, Josh Brolin's wife, who uh, survives and gives birth to her kid due to in the their stress. bathtub, yeah. Yeah, but basically they're kind of you know they're at the you know they're at the low point in the story now. Yeah, it's almost to the climax.
0: Um. Yeah. Oh, we so uh, a couple scenes before this. Uh, uh, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone are at Clifton's, which is a real place in Los Angeles. It's still there, and we've been there. It's fun. Um. A couple gangsters come up and are like, "Hey, wh- wh- where are you going?" And then try to throw acid in Emma Stone's face, but instead he pours the acid right on one of the guys' dicks.
1: Yeah, he like he like he just kind of punches them. Like the the bad guys are kind of stupid.
0: Yeah, and so all, all their immediate family are now in danger. Uh, and the the press finds out about Gangster Squad. Everyone hates them because uh, of everything happening and nick everything. nolte is like tomorrow you're gonna They're lose gonna- your badge i don't know why they didn't fire him that day but it's like you know you got maybe it's the weekend or something <laughs> it's the weekend and it's like you're gonna lose your badge you're probably gonna be arrested i'm gonna be fired it's been a good run mickey cohen uh won this one and, Josh, and so
1: Josh Brown's like hell no. So he meets up with all the guys one last time and says like hey this is our last chance. Yeah, you know, they, they go. Cohen's hold up in the Plaza Hotel or whatever. So they go around.
0: and intimidate the judge that is friendly with Cohen. <laughs> Not really intimidate. They just say it's oh, like to hey to
1: an arrest warrant because uh, that's
0: the reason they needed the arrest warrant for it to be legal. And so they go over to the judge's place. They literally just say hey man. You, you're going to retire tomorrow, but tonight do one good thing. And well, he's it's like, also because they tell him, we know that Mickey pays you in whores. Uh, yeah. But it's, yeah, I guess. And so immediately he's just like, okay. And then gives them an arrest warrant.
1: And he also calls Cohen to like, let them know that it's happening.
0: Yeah. Um, and the reason why they had the arrest warrant is because
1: Gracie, I don't know why we didn't talk about my favorite scene. Oh um, yeah. Gracie uh, is about to be a um, Jack Whalen helps Gracie get into her car and get away so she's safe while you know while Jerry and the guys go and you know do their last hit on Cohen when Cohen runs into them um and he's like wait you know like hey Waylon where's the girl you know just give her to me and Jack's like you know what no I'm standing up to you you killed my boss you killed whatever I'm gonna stop you so you know he knocks out um Mickey Cohen's two uh two cronies who was the guy who got acid on his dick Yep. Um, is this before or after this is, this is after because he's wearing like Man. he has like stitches on his face Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. um, and so he goes like alright Mickey you're next you little creep and then Mickey goes my boxing days are over Jack
3: where was she Jack where's that gorgeous red snatch she's not here Mickey did you bring your trouble boys just to see Grace you expecting some trouble Mickey You're looking for some. My dog Mickey Jr. He shits more trouble than you're gonna give me. See about that. Make it good, boys. Huh? You.
4: You.
3: You're up next to the creep. I am saving something special for you, Mickey. My boxing days are over, Jack. Come on, Mickey. Uh, Does that hurt? Uh, fuck you, Mickey.
1: Um, and that's because Mickey was a boxer. We forgot to tell
0: you guys that. Yeah, there's um, a great scene he- where he's shirtless. Like He and his friends are all shirtless, and they're just watching old boxing footage of himself. Yeah, and they're all just uh, laughing really hard. It's great.
1: So after that line, Mickey turns around because he's holding a gun and shoots Jack dead. And so because Gracie saw it, she's like, "Oh, we can we can arrest him for murder." So that's why they have to get the the warrant. And um, they go there. There's a really big fight sequence, um, a shootout sequence where it's the gangsters versus the gangster squad. Um,
0: they they're not very good like strategically because they so it's a fortress, but they're not really doing much defense. It's all offense. Yeah, <laughs>
1: like, yeah, because like immediately Josh Brolin and and uh, Ryan Gosling kind of just slip past the front line and go inside,
0: and then people are just running at them instead of using like the staircase or the or any cover. They're just like kind of charging them at on.
1: Yeah, Jerry Wooters gets shot, but right before he, you know, right right after he gets shot, he gets to take down the Revic guy who is using an MP forty yeah. and wearing an overcoat and a black fedora and everything. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, uh, lots of people like uh, Kenner dies um he gets shot um while cohen's making his getaway there's a really big slow motion scene um where cohen and O'Mara shoot at each other around the christmas tree because it's christmas time yeah um but basically by the end of it uh cohen crashes his car because josh brolin grabs uh, climbs onto it they crash into a fountain and they have a little boxing match because oh, you this know is, so only this is real right, men do
0: it right bef- right so josh brolin is about to be killed by one of vicky's guys and then uh the the cowboy uh robert patrick who is like you said he had been shot he's like hey navidad get over here and help me aim one more time um and <laughs> he just they just shoot and he him does. they shoot him and he's like you're the cowboy now cowpoke
1: yep <laughs> it's pretty really uh, sweet so, yeah, so then they have a big boxing match, and uh, Mickey Cohen gets knocked down by, uh, by o- o- O'Mara. They arrest him. Uh, everything's all done happily ever after. Yeah, but he o-
0: retires.
1: Uh, Ryan Gosling stays as a cop. Yeah. Uh,
0: they, then, yeah, so like Navi Dodd and Anthony Mackey are, are cops together. Ryan right. Gosling uh, and Emma Stone get married, and they, get, they also keep Mickey Cohen's dog. Um and uh oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah they put a hat on him and they both laugh really hard. <laughs> yeah, and then
1: they say like the mobs never had a foothold in Cal- in Los Angeles ever again.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then and then dramatically Ryan Gosling throws his or no, sorry, uh, Josh Brolin throws his badge into the ocean.
1: Yeah. And that's the movie. Wow, that took up a lot of time. It's such a fun movie to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's great. We really recommend it. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get right into the style of the film. We'll be right back. All right, guys, welcome back. Now, let's get into the style of the
0: film what you all came for
1: yeah so if you didn't uh, want to listen to a recap of the movie you can just skip ahead to right now i
0: want this to be a movie podcast i have so much fun on <laughs> these episodes <laughs> it's great it's so good um yeah
1: so let's talk about the gangster squad first of all i know that the blog post talks about mickey cohen but let's go because you know th- i think during the um during the, scene anal- the, the, the talking about the plot we talked a lot about the gangster squad itself so but for well first let's get
0: into who do who oh yeah the yeah go ahead because i think this is kind of this is kind of interesting this was uh let me find her name in the article
1: uh yeah yeah go ahead and find it because <laughs> so uh, overall the theme is this movie actually isn't too bad with period costuming obviously when you compare it to like imitation game or downton abbey or even uh uh, uh what's the one uh,
0: it's it's um mary's zo yeah
1: yeah yeah well so when you compare it to those films it's obviously it misses the mark here but this is not a serious film
0: like yeah it's not a serious man yeah
1: i mean i think public enemies is better than this but it's when you compare it to something like
0: live by night and i
1: mentioned that a lot in the in the blog post is because live by night is awful
0: yeah, but so this is this is the costume designer for this was Mary Zofries, yeah. who, uh, fun fact, did a serious man, but uh, she, she has done a lot of work with the Coen brothers, like True Grit, Hail Caesar, oh, Gangster Squad, right Oh Brother, and in those movies, typically the period costuming is like spot on. It's like really good. Um, yeah, so
1: maybe but, I mean you could probably maybe it, you could probably blame it on the, like the director or the producer who kind of set the how, tone. How How is it.
0: the costuming in First Man? Because
1: she did that one too. That one's I mean I saw First Man. That one's pretty pretty spot on for for the you know.
0: Yeah, this one has some weird choices, but yeah, we're, I'm not sure if that is. Um, I'm, we're not sure if that is due to because obviously just she the can yeah specific direction that the filmmakers are going for like oh we don't want it to be super accurate. Yeah, because, I mean, all obviously
1: right. she has she's done some great work in the past. Yeah. Um, so a big rule of thumb here is that the gangsters are all wearing double-breasted suits, um, and the good guys are wearing single-breasted suits, because I guess single-breasted means that you're like a normal guy, and double-breasted means you're dangerous, yeah. and obviously it plays into the stereotype, you know, where you know, if you wear a double-breasted suit, you look like a gangster or Fancy a Fancy gangster,
0: man. Hey, really quick, do you think they got her because she does so much work with the Cohen brothers?
1: And maybe she, like, half-assed
0: this one? No, it's because they were like, wait, we're making a movie about Mickey Cohen. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Thanks.
1: <laughs> God, that's, that's not good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's a basic rule of thumb here. Also, a lot of the Gangster Squad characters, or cops in general, um, were kind of. Brown when you say gangster
0: squad, we should make sure they are not gangsters. Yeah. <laughs> they are fighting gangsters. Yeah. Um, so the non-gangsters are, yeah, wearing a lot of earth tones. A lot of brown. Very plain clothing.
1: Yeah. Um, so Josh Brolin wears, like, a brown suit the whole time. And I, I noticed this while I was writing it. And his shirt has, like a, like, a burgundy-ish hue. And I'm wondering if it was intentional to make it look like a World War II suit. Like uh, pink and green? Yeah, pink, yeah the pinks. <sighs> Officer pinks. And so, I mean, like, I don't, yeah, it looks too intentional because, like, yeah, he wears a brown suit with, like, a pinkish shirt and, like, a striped tie. And he is the Sarge. Like, they call him Sarge. So he's, like, the most, you know, army, military character in the whole thing. Um, Coleman Harris, uh, uh, what's his, Anthony Mackie's character, Navidad Ramirez, played by um, Michael Pena. And uh, Con Keeler, I guess, kind of wore regular stuff. Um, Uh Uh-huh. More specifically, Anthony Mackie and Michael Peña, they wear suits, they wear like foolard ties, not really anything too bold. Because again, this is like the 1949, this is like close to the 50s, so it gets really bold in historical, in a historical lens. You get like really padded shoulders, uh, really short ties, super pleated pants. And in the film, they're not super exaggerated. I mean, the suits don't look vintage, but they also don't look modern at the same time
0: like there. Yeah, i mean there's like the first time we see um uh the first time we see jerry Wooters. i thought the sport coat he's wearing looked very like 80s or 90s
1: yeah because it it's got kind of like a wool silk kind of like a crunchier kind of like what you'd see in a, like a in a fully a flea market or a thrift store kind of thing
0: yeah but none of the for the unless maybe some of this minor characters are wearing vintage but i don't think anything else they're wearing is like yeah, maybe the I shirts I think everything they're wearing is be, like made for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, they do say that they had a lot of vintage, but for, you know, because it's an action film, they had to
0: create yeah, a Yeah, I lot could of I stuff. could see like there's there's a scene where they're at like a backyard barbecue and I could see like the Hawaiian shirt of the Apron. That's probably true vintage, but Yeah. for the yeah. most part, I think their suits have been uh, yeah, made for them. Yeah.
1: A uh, con killer as the nerd wears kind of like check ties to kind of set them apart because uh <laughs> As like I said, um, Josh Roland tends to wear striped ties and con Keeler wears the checked ones, which is what made me kind of get into check ties. And I know Spencer wears, wears them too. Uh, or yeah. at least he used to. Um, and then, so Jerry Wooters, um, Ryan Gosling is a, probably the best dressed out of, out of the gangster squad, the cops. Um, he wears a lot of separates. Um, like, you know, he wears a sport shirt with like a, like a tan sport coat and like, uh, like, you know, our, our Air Force blue trousers kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, but when he, as like you said, uh, when he goes out, he tends to wear three-piece pinstripe suits. And when I was reading, I, I forgot where, it might have been an older article, but it was intentional because, oh, the gangsters wear double-breasted suits, so you don't know exactly where Wooter's loyalty lies. Even though he yeah. doesn't do anything illegal or evil, it's just kind of like by association. I guess. Um. And if if you look at like production stills and um, or in the film, when you look really closely, he's wearing a spear point shirt. um, And most of the people in the gangster squad or the cops wear point collars. And his spear point collar has kind of like a small weave or design on it. And then he wears uh, he likes wearing bold ties. Like you know, mm-hmm. vertical designs. I think in in that particular scene where he's in slapsy Maxes for the first time, he's wearing like a floral tie, but not like a floral floral tie that you would think of nowadays. Kind of like just a tie with like a tiny flowers kind of decorated around yeah. it. Yeah. Um, uh, second scene, we know the burlesque scene. scene he wears a red sport shirt, but under a three piece gray suit. But then but he does not have the jacket. He doesn't have the jacket. So it looks like it looks like he's going to prom. Like like it's it's such a vibrant red suit with like a medium gray suit um so it doesn't really work well at all and then like i said many times in the uh, in the plot analysis he his hats and his overcoats are the exact same shade as his suit yep so it you know yeah on their own it look it doesn't look that bad but then when you when people tend to color coordinate like that it looks very costumey
0: yeah that's why i mean that's why we when when it comes to hats like we like I, we recommend maybe having like two or three, D- like just, just a, 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 a medium gray, like a brown, and if you want something casual, you can get like a western hat, and that's about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know he so that's basically what they wear they, in the, uh, the the barbecue backyard scene. He wears a sports As- shirt with a uh, Hollywood waist. Oh, I think most of them are wearing Hollywood waist trousers, but they're not pleated and they're kind of worn kind of low, so they're
0: kind yeah, of Yeah, we don't think that's the costume designer's fault. I think that's the actor's fault, because they're just not wearing their pants where they yeah, should
1: Yeah, but also, I mean, a lot of the fabrics <clears throat> in, the, in the film, they're not as heavy or drapey as, like, you would expect from, like, a gabardine slack or a suit, which is what they'd probably be wearing. So mm-hmm. they look really fine. So they, you get to see a lot of the creases. They don't really hold shape well. Um, you know, that could be a I'm, whole discussion on, like, <laughs> super wools compared to, you know. So I'm,
0: I'm looking at pictures of the backyard barbecue scene. Yeah. and i just noticed that robert patrick is not like he's just dressed as he always does and he still has his holster on yeah yeah but everyone else is wearing (laughs) like sports shirts and slacks which is actually not that
1: bad it makes perfect sense um con keeler's wearing a dope hawaiian shirt oh i love that like a motif kind of thing josh
0: brolin has like a a really cool apron that says like man of the house or something like (laughs) that Yeah, he's also wearing i think
2: it says on the house like, oh, like serving drinks like on the house
0: okay yeah it's r- it's really cool regardless yeah, I love it but he's
1: also the only one wearing like a. I mean other than you know other than uh, Robert Patrick's character he's wearing his like dress shirt without a tie to kind of show that he's not super casual like the rest of them
0: yeah He's he's got a fun apron. <laughs> yeah, to show, he's, to show he's quirky. And so, uh,
1: <laughs> like Chief Parker's in a couple of scenes. He's also wearing the same thing, you know, three piece suit, um, but it's a single breasted like one, pinstripe. Yeah, but single breasted because he's a good guy. Um, and so yeah, so if we look at the gangsters now, they're oh man, like Mookie Cohen actually isn't bad for what you'd expect. Like he wears double breasted suits most of the time. They're un. They're like they're opened. Um, but they're not they don't, they don't they're not bad they don't they don't they're not like super baggy again it's not like Ben Affleck and live by night uh, that might be the next thing we talk about in, in the next film series because it's such an awful movie with awful costuming Um, but yeah so he wears a lot of gray suits a lot of plain white shirts and then he wears like geometric ties like they're not super bold they're not like swing ties they're just kind of like polka dots or or brocades or whatever and then he wears his fedora but his his brim is upturned as opposed to um you know know. he's
0: kind of wearing it almost like a homburg a little bit
1: yeah and you're supposed to play like you know with the whole gangster aesthetic thing it's kind of worn like on the back of his head
0: kind of and we i mean we didn't mention this in the review much but oh my god is he given 110 percent to being a gangster he's just having so much fun with it (laughs) i mean i would be too (laughs) yeah he's he's like he's like he's chewing the scenery hard in such a good way, but yeah, he's one hundred percent committed to the gangster aesthetic and one hundred percent committed to just acting like a gangster.
1: It's so it's so good. Like I mean, I think that's like the main reason I love that this film.
0: Yeah, because yeah, like I said, it's like always one hundred ten percent. He's like, I am a gangster. God damn it! Yeah, he's doing like a really heavy New York accent.
1: It's, I love Los Angeles.
0: It's really I fun. love it. Um, and he also, we also forgot to mention my other favorite line where at the very end, just apropos of nothing, he just says, I like only having one fork. To, as, no a call back, <laughs> as a
1: callback yeah. to, to that thing, uh, to yeah. the uh, to the roast peacock scene. Um, uh, but he he doesn't wear a very long spear point collar. It's obviously a clear nod to Goodfellas. Um, yep. um, but it, you know, as, like I said in the spear point collar article uh and podcasts is like after watching this movie i was like oh i want one now and i know that the ones i wear today are are a different shape but you know it's not that bad um if you wore a collar bar would be different but it's definitely pretty long um but it doesn't look too costume like it's i mean it does it is a costume it's kind of exaggerated but it's not as bad as you like goodfellas you know
0: yeah and I mean, a lot of his a lot of his shirts have some maybe interesting weaves. They look like they're like silk. Something like yeah, that. they look
1: like they're silk. They look like they have got a little of like a shadow stripe, which is kind of like a big like, you know, like 90s kind of shirt thing going on. Yeah. Um, but... And he wears uh, two tone shoes. I think almost a lot of the gangsters do that because when I was going through the screen caps, um, when they have like that big wide shot of all the gangsters, um, the bad guys blocking the door to the hotel, like three of them are wearing black and white spectator shoes so yeah. i am you know obviously the 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 costumers are trying to get that that you know that gangster feel <laughs> from the bad guys um, yeah, so a lot of the gangsters kind of follow Cohen's lead the all wear double breasted suits
0: um oh wait let's talk about gang Cohen's casual wear because we've oh, yeah, seen yeah, that yeah. a couple times so he's wearing he's wearing like a lot of sport shirts, but he's also doing something that existed in that time, but you know you don't really see a whole lot. Which is their like matching sets, so like the it's it's kind of like the um, the casual suit that like Keeler was wearing earlier, where he'll have like a sports shirt that's the exact same color as of his pants and stuff like that, and I guess it's showing these you know he he can get everything made or it's like he 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 likes the fancy stuff because a lot of them are monogrammed with his initials as well.
1: Yeah, I mean it's. Yeah. It's kind of a cool touch that they did, you know. They could have given him, like, a sports shirt or, you know, more traditional kind of thing. But Uh, it's a good... It's a cool touch. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of his cohorts tend to wear the exact... Or or close to what he's wearing. They all wear, like, black fedoras, double-breasted suits. Um, The main... The one I love to look at is Revik, the killer. Oh, my God. Because (laughs) he... He's wearing... He wears a black and white pinstripe suit with a black shirt, a white tie, and a black wide brim fedora with a white a ribbon. White yeah, he looks straight up like a fucking party city costume. Uh huh.
0: And you know, it's ridiculous. It's, it's really he's, bad. He's got he's got one eye, but two guns.
1: <laughs> two chains.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Uh, but yeah, like I think that's like that's a clear indication because I mean you could technically argue that people did similar stuff i mean like people like to point to like guys and dolls the film as evidence mm-hmm. of like you know why you know contrasting shirt tie and suits or whatever but you have to remember that guys and dolls is a musical and not like a regular movie <laughs> of yeah, the time exactly. um but yeah i mean you get to see like uh, johnny stompanato i guess you know they don't he was He's a, a real guy, a real guy. Uh, the guy that got to play him looks almost exactly like him um but he's not named as such other than the credits but he I think he wears a uh, he wears a sports shirt with a runaway collar over a DB suit so that's kind of interesting yep um, and then if we go back to the beginning you know because I think the beginning is the clearest part where you get to see some gangster style Um, the the guy with the mustache in the beginning wears a brown pinstripe suit with a spear point collar and kind of like a a purple-ish brown swing tie yeah, and it's actually and pretty interesting
0: this is Yeah, I mean, this is, like I said, I think those might be vintage suits that they're wearing.
1: And a vintage tie.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, those gangsters kind of get, like, the most accurate clothing. Yeah, and
1: he's also wearing a really cool pair of suspenders where, like, they kind of, uh, instead of, like, the typical Y fork, like, each of the latches. It's
0: like X back or something like that. Yeah,
1: like, they have, you'll have to see it in the pictures, but it's really cool. You don't really see a lot of that today. Um, and
0: they're it's really they're hard to even get like reproductions of or like I can't think of any brands. That y- are
1: even the like ones that. that I have, that have like the front is the same, the back is not the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you'll have to, again. You'll have to see the blog post uh, to get more of that, the uh, more of that detail. Um, but yeah, I think in general, I mean, there's not a lot of vintage clothing. Uh, I know repeat, <laughs> <laughs> Pete the kid. I Pete. think wears like a kids Mackinaw um which is pretty cool yeah uh you get to see oh con keeler's kid has like a where like some dope oh, like pendleton yeah. 40s sports shirt uh like a cool he's, sweater he's got like flannel lined jeans yeah you see it if you're looking for it like um <sighs> which we are we're always looking <laughs> yeah for. um again con keeler gets to wear like a work suit or like a walking suit which is basically like a, a gabardine short jacket with matching gabardine trousers Mm-hmm. Um, pretty cool they, like they get the, the collar looks straight up period accurate with like the even like the uh, the zipper with a little loop on yep. it is, is pretty good um, but like again a lot of the costumes worn by main characters or at least people you know at the forefront on of the screen tend to be wearing uh, modern costumes they're not really wearing anything period or true vintage uh, you yeah. can tell by the lapels now the double breasted ones are a little bit harder to, to tell um, oh yeah,
0: but a lot of the single-breasted ones—they have like a really weird kind of like fish-mouth lapel. That just—I mean—I haven't seen much stuff like that before. It kind of looks like the one on your—I um, don't know, ma- like if I'm remembering correctly, your like navy belt back.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, but that's the only thing I could think of.
1: Yeah, I mean, but even then, they're, they're still not exactly a fish-mouth lapel. Like it's like a—it's yeah. like on the spectrum of fish-mouth to notch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not I mean even even though like the lapels and stuff are bad I mean I, I found myself inspired a lot by like Jerry Wooter's outfits a lot you know like there's a couple mm-hmm. of pictures I have of me back in like 2014 2013 um, where I'm wearing a sport shirt with like a houndstooth tweed jacket and like gray pants because I saw him wear you know a textured jacket with a sport shirt with gray pants yeah And, uh, you know, it's not, it's not bad, especially when you look at the barbecue scene, like a lot of Spencer and my casual style are kind of like, you know, sports shirt and trousers kind of thing. Uh, Ryan Gosling wears like a silver belly colored fedora. And while the shape isn't super accurate, I mean, it looks pretty good. Like in, in the context of the scene, like he's wearing it with like some shades that don't look particularly period accurate either. (laughs) Um, but it's still, uh, I mean, it's like, you know, it's pretty decent, um, and I know I've written about sports shirts and loop collar shirts a lot. And it's definitely a cool, a cool staple uh, yeah. for, for summer style and
0: everything. Um, but, yeah, I think our, our problem, and we talked about this in the article with a, with a lot of the hats, but specifically Ryan Gosling's hats is I. it looks like the crown slopes back too far.
1: Yeah, it's tapered a little bit too much.
0: Yeah, and so it just, it looks, it doesn't, it doesn't look right. It looks like a cheap hat that you would, like like a, an Indiana Jones hat you would get a Disneyland something like that
1: yeah um, a lot of the regular gangsters have that, uh, that issue too but I think the best ones are worn by uh, by Josh Brolin's character Sergeant Omara, yeah. and um, I think Christmas Ramirez and uh, Navidad <laughs> gets to wear a fedora but I mean near the end of the movie they're
0: not really wearing fedoras as much yeah. anymore and MJ I know, I know you're thinking about joining the hat squad so what did you think of the, the hats of this movie um,
2: I mean it only pushed me to like look at stuff more, yeah. Um, Ryan Gosling's hat kind of kind of got me. <laughs> it, it it pulled you right back in. Yeah, um, but but yeah, I'm still on the fence, but but we'll see. Yeah, what what we, else
1: are your thoughts on on the movie's style as a whole?
2: The movie, st- the style, whatever. Well, I'm I mean I'm still a scrub when it comes to <laughs> the analysis part. It's more just like. Hey, that looks cool. I wonder if yeah, yeah, it would so look what cool part, on me.
0: Yeah, what things do you think look cool?
2: Um basically anything Ryan Gossing wore.
1: <laughs> so following the footsteps of like drive and in between yeah. the lines.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm a driver, not a daddy.
2: <laughs> and I mean it since I don't have like any well, save for Ethan's cotton suit, like yeah. I don't have I don't have any like Suits, really, mm-hmm. but like his like his pinstripe suit or like his uh, his like brown suit was like really cool. So <laughs> yeah, you know, just just yeah, I mean opening my my mind. He's Open definitely your he,
1: mind, Yu Gi Oh. He
0: definitely he he wears he wears some cool stuff, and I'm not sure if he mentioned his Mackinac that he wears. He like wears mm-hmm. like a navy and black Mackinac jacket. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah
1: that talk was
2: about cool. That one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is um, that is that the one that that Ethan was was like? Yeah, it's that like, was that was the one. That was the that, one. yeah. That
1: was the one that made me go like, I man, I could totally use a, a you know a casual plaid jacket, and yeah. uh, I do have one. It's brown and yellow. It's not. It, it the brown and yellow make it a little bit hard to wear. Uh, because you know it's not as contrasting as, like, say, like the traditional red buffalo check, uh, or the blue. Um, but it's it's not a bad it's not a bad look. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 cool to watch. Again, we tend to like you know analyzing bad movies is a lot more fun than analyzing good ones. Um, mm-hmm. Like I could talk, I mean, maybe sometime we could talk about imitation game. Cause that one's really good. Uh, you know, you can see a lot of true, true vintage spear point collars and, you know, short sweaters with high waisted pants kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts, MJ on the, on the thing, on the film?
2: Um, I need to get some, some more ties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah that that's what yeah. actually
1: got me to to buy swing ties like i mean even though i didn't wear them i'm like i i was slowly starting to put together what it meant to be vintage like okay longer collars double-breasted suits with wide lapels funky ties you know Uh huh. Mm-hmm. and you know if you look at a lot of my uh earlier stuff which is not on the blog you know if you were lucky enough to follow me on tumblr you know <laughs> five years ago you would be able to see some of my swing ties with tweed jackets and, you know, fedoras and, you know, trying trying try my best to be the gangster squad or Mickey Cohen.
0: Yep. And so let's say that let's say that you guys were they're remaking gangster squad and now you are the costume designer. What would you do different and what would you keep the same?
1: Oh, man. Well, I mean, I feel like I'd put better material
0: on a lot of the stuff and <laughs> yeah. Just like, just like you're talking about the fabric.
1: Yeah, because again, like you, you look at the production pictures, and you'll again, you'll see it in the in the show notes on the on the blog. Like it just doesn't look, it not look it the same. It right. doesn't drape right. It doesn't hold creases. It looks very, the pants look very like de- delicate and cheap. Um, it's just like you know, there's like that certain, uh, that certain something,
0: pizzazz, whatever you want to call it. That that the 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 French, what the French call. What what's what's the joke I'm thinking of where someone's trying to say je ne sais quoi, but they just say it in English?
1: Uh no, he goes it's Gaston talking to um Le Poo, and he goes like oh, Belle has a certain uh je ne sais quoi. I don't know what that means. Yep. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah, that's what that's from. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, it's not the gangsters don't look too bad like it's not it's kind of mediocre you know it's not it's kind of inoffensive and also it kind of just depends on how they want to present the film Uh because like spencer said like it can't decide what tone it wants to be like it could either be like straight up you know like public enemies super dramatic or like lawless or something
0: yeah or as i kept saying i kept saying while we were watching it it this if this movie was just the Nice Guys, which is one of my favorite movies, and maybe we could talk about that sometime. Yeah, definitely. Um, but if it was just the Nice Guys, but set in 1949, it would be my favorite movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's so it's so good. Like the yeah. jokes are, are are good, or it's just unintentionally good, you know. Yep. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. Because yeah, there are, there are a couple funny gags in this movie. There's the part where they're breaking out of prison and the the bumper rips off there's another fun scene where josh brolin goes to mickey cohen's house to kill him but um uh exactly. mickey's not there but uh ryan gosling stops him and he's like if you're gonna hit anyone hit me and then he just immediately punches him in the face <laughs> yeah. and keeps walking <laughs> uh,
1: yeah i mean yeah it's a bit of a missed opportunity obviously the movie did not do well
0: um <laughs> There's no gangster squad. Yeah, too. and
1: I remember when they were reshooting it because of the. They have a scene where, um, uh, Josh Brolin gets ambushed in a movie theater, and that's you know I think that 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 part replaced uh, was replaced by the Chinatown scene, uh, because of the Aurora shootings. But I Ooh. remember them you know reading I about, about uh, reading about these reshoots, and they were like, oh, um, you know it, we have to make like the best film we can. You know as you know as filmmakers and I mean, it's not really an artistic film, so yeah. it's, you know, whatever. Uh, any, any last thoughts MJ? I know that you're, uh, um, you know you're the new guy.
2: I don't think you, you, well, you mentioned it earlier about the, uh, like the color matching being sort of costumey. Yeah. I think, I think it was specifically with uh, Ryan Gosling's character. I, yeah. I guess, I guess that would probably be, cause not, I mean, now that you mentioned it, it you know, start to kind of like see stuff like that yeah so maybe yeah if you know if there were a remake <laughs> as oh, it you were would. yeah you wouldn't that, that. that <laughs> that'd probably be one of the things to like you know the, li- the little details yeah you know yeah.
1: now that i'm thinking about it i feel like this film is is costumed like what a lot of people think in the 40s is or the 50s or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. you know it's like a step up from like wearing like a, a bow tie with You know clip on suspenders and jeans you know to have like a vintage look it's definitely a step above that but it's Mm -hmm. still kind of like missing the mark it's like oh yeah obviously a gentleman would wear a matching hat and suit and and coat because that's what gentlemen do they want to have a a cohesive theme but you know
0: real guys don't dress like that because they don't have 30 hats to go with their 30 suits.
1: Yeah, and I see it a lot of times from, like, people who are starting out, people who are getting into vintage, they tend to, like, go for all that. Like, you know, or even not in vintage. Like, you know, you get guys like Menswear House who will wear, like, a matching tie and pocket square or something. You know, or they, they feel the need to have this so-called harmony when you don't need it, you know, right, you don't really yeah. need to have it. And uh, it's kind of unfortunate that they keep that in this film, you know. Mm-hmm. When the costumer has done other films where there's a great diverse amount of style and combinations, like *Hail Caesar*, you guys, or or even *Old Brother, Where Art Thou*?
0: Oh yeah, because again, like all the Coen Brothers movies, they tend to have really, uh, really fantastic costuming.
1: Yeah, and those feel even if though even if those ones are more lighthearted than you know a period drama, they still feel very set in the peri- you know, in the time period. Yeah. and I think that's one big thing about what makes a period film good like whether or not you can have a set like a a, a truly authentic setting you know mm. and uh, some stuff like this kind of take you out of it yeah it's, or or you know all the, of the weird slang that they say and like get an ice cream cone <laughs> yep And he
0: never <laughs> came <the> back tomato <laughs> yeah. he never came back again he just loved ice cream and then he opened up an ice cream can shop. i help
1: you with something fella you know yep. stuff like
0: <laughs> that's what he says when someone comes into his ice cream shop <laughs> yeah
1: um, but yeah, I think that'll that'll do it for this one. That'll do it. Yeah. Um, again, do, if you guys yeah. like the episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. And, you know, now we're on all three major platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, and, you know, Apple Pods. So you should listen to all three of them.
2: <laughs> three times. Yeah. Like me. Like, like I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. I actually listened to it four <laughs> times because I listened oh to it when God. I edited it. There you go. You see. Um, uh.
1: One final plug. I do want to plug um, Hand Cut Radio by my colleague Alex Fetkovich. Uh, you know, it's he's a writer for he's an ex writer for the Rake and the Jackal. He's a freelance guy now. He started his own podcast, talking to a lot of the London guys, um, and it's really, really good. Um, yep. You know, if, if if this podcast is about talking to LA people and Blammo is about talking to people in New York, then that one's for that one, you know that one's for London that one's stuff.
0: for across the pond yeah really good check that out um um yeah. I'll let, let we could we could all plug something so we don't all sound negative it's not all negativity <laughs> this episode yeah um you should watch I think you should leave on Netflix you did plug
1: that the last time
0: <laughs> I did yep oh man I'm just gonna plug it again because of how good it is man uh watch it it's so good I can't get over how how funny it is it's my favorite show on Netflix right now um so that's that's what's keeping me up at night
2: nice (laughs) (laughs) mj um i don't know you know what i've been watching a youtube uh a youtube show i guess it would be considered called send foods with a z okay it's about um so the hosts timothy de la ghetto and david so go around to like different uh like food festivals um and try out like different foods and so it's kind Mm of it's kind of been inspiring me to try different foods in the LA area as okay Ethan already knows
1: (laughs) hell yeah dude hell yeah
2: so it's on the YouTube channel Thrillist and um yeah good stuff (laughs) there you go good food
1: all right okay so uh don't forget that there are there are also show notes for this episode or a big bold blog post that goes into the you know more of the details of what we talked about you can find that at uh street there's also going to be a link in the description of this podcast episode um you can follow me on instagram at ethan m wong
0: i'm at spencer DSO.
2: and mj is at i oh, yeah, MJ for my regular pictures and Agito underscore photo for my photography pictures.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, don't forget to follow the pod at style and direction all spelled out on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, you know, we'll post stuff from, uh, you know, we, we tend to update stuff about the podcast on there mm-hmm. in case you didn't follow the rest of us when we announce it on our own. <laughs> so
0: all right yeah uh yeah so if you guys like movie episodes let us know we uh, we have a couple more that we're thinking about doing definitely um we always have fun doing them and
1: uh feel free to message us directly on instagram if you guys have any other ideas if you guys want us to answer anything on the pod mm-hmm. you know yep. we can do a little segment about that we can do that um but send yeah questions like, send them send them in baby uh <laughs> we'll see you guys in the next one Bye bye My wife!